Simon and Wayne's Spiffing Review. With your hosts, Simon Jones and Wayne Bolt. Hello! Hello! And welcome to Spiffing Review. With me, Simon Jones. And me, Wayne Bolt. And this week we're going to be looking at the recent DVD release of Zombieland. We'll be visiting the trailer park again to look at some of the um, fascinating trailers that are out there. And we'll be doing a review of the new movie, Kick-Ass. Yes, Kick-Ass, not Kick-Ass. Some of us here in the UK are having a bit of difficulty with that, but hopefully we'll get through this intact. Yes, let's hope so. So, Simon, I think we'll start off by looking at the recent DVD uh, release of Zombieland. Yes, do you want to give a little plot summary for people that may not have seen it? Yeah, why not? Zombieland is a film which came out in 2009, directed by Ruben Fleischer. It stars Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin, plus a number of undead griblies. Uh, so Zombieland is a movie following a few survivors of the forthcoming zombie apocalypse and offers good tips and rules for when it does finally arrive. We join the story with Columbus, played by Jesse Eisenberg, giving us some of his rules for surviving in the post-apocalyptic world, the most important being the double tap. Yes, indeed. So yes, we missed this when it came out last year. Uh, we finally got around to seeing it, and it was a film that made quite a splash in zombie circles at the time, yeah. partially because it's a film in which the characters are extremely aware of zombies and the zombie apocalypse. It's not like uh, in other zombie movies where they have never seen any zombie movies, they've got no idea what's going on, it's all a terrible shock. These characters, they've played Left 4 Dead, they've seen all of the Romero movies, they've seen Shaun of the Dead, they know exactly what's going on and they have to deal with it. Yeah, and we'll drop straight into the action, so we haven't got the whole preamble of, oh look, there's something happening and people are rising as the dead. No, the zombie apocalypse has happened and this, this film just shows... Uh, with lots of useful little annotations on the screen, uh, various rules for surviving, such as be careful when you go to the toilet, um, double tapping, which is if you think you've killed it, kill it again just to make sure, and other such stuff. Yeah, it's very much like a, a, a beginner's survival guide to the zombie apocalypse. Um, and uh, I think it's telling that the main character that you kick off with is very much this kind of computer gamer. He's very sort of in touch with popular culture and stuff, and it's kind of saying that people that are aware of this stuff might actually survive something like this, whereas all the other people who maybe don't have much interest in zombie lore, uh, they're not going to last very long. Yep. So, yeah, Jesse Eisenberg, who played Columbus, who is our main character, so there's only really four main characters in it, which is uh, makes it fairly easy to review something like this. I thought uh, the Columbus character was very good for being that play-the-game kind of thing and knew sort of what to do, but wasn't really that effective at it, which is lucky for when he meets Woody Harrelson's character, uh, known as Tallahassee. Um, as you notice, all these characters are named after, I believe it was the destinations they originally told each other they were going to. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, because they didn't want to form too many emotional connections, because obviously, in a zombie-infested world, it's very easy to suddenly get infected, and yeah. then they have to get rid of you. Yeah, and then you may have to kill one of your friends, which, you know, it's um, not something... I think anyone of us has really considered. Yeah, and something recently. the film explores is the fact that eventually these characters kind of have to get to know each other in order to survive. You can't actually go through without having kind of friends and family around you because that's a really important thing. Yeah, uh, and that's one of the themes it develops as it goes along. Yeah. So highlights of the, uh, of the film for me, uh, Simon, were the various ways in which zombies were dispatched. Yes. Finally. Yes, in endlessly inventive manners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I won't give it away, but particularly look out for the zombie killer of the week, which is most hilarious. Yeah, and uh, it culminates in a theme park, which I don't think is too much for spoiler there, um, which is one of the many seemingly deliberate kind of plays towards Left 4 Dead. Um, 
which is a computer game that's out on PC and Xbox, and uh, you play one of four survivors, which coincidentally is the same number of survivors we've got in the film, going around kicking ass and generally trying to survive and trying to get from A to B to escape what's going on, which essentially is the structure of the film. Um, And there are points in it where you feel like it's the movie version of Left 4 Dead. Uh, Whether that's deliberate or coincidental, I've got absolutely no idea, but there certainly seems to be a kind of influence on each other there. You you were saying when we were watching the film that it looks like the fairground level from Left 4 Dead. Now, do you know if Left 4 Dead 2 uh, came out before or after the film? Um, It came out around exactly the same time I believe uh, which in which kind of determines that they can't really have influenced each other in yeah. terms of that I think the actual well, unless there were some maybe going on in the background and there's nothing possibly. wrong with that sort of thing it's no, like all um, and I mean the zombie films and genre in general always feeds into itself a bit like zombies yeah. um, it couldn't exist without every subsequent film and stuff adding a little bit to it or tweaking it here and there and that kind of thing um, so yeah I don't think they probably uh, directly influence each other but the kind of style that they go for is very similar. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even the captions you get up on screen in terms of like what to do and what not to do, that's exactly like the tutorial stuff you get in a computer game. Yeah, um, it's all very, all very handy. Um, I, I like the way all the characters interacted as well. It was a good sort of relationship between all four of them like, without going too OGT and too mushy. It was yeah. just a really good sort of uh, four people, what, sort of two of them are sisters the two girls are sisters so but these four people are all forced together to just try and survive um, I, they did it in a, in a really in a really sort of eventually uh, good friendly way yeah it's got this kind of inevitability to it yeah without like you say getting too mushy or too yeah. emotional and it never forgets that the main purpose of this film is to show zombies being killed in lots of extremely yeah. amusing ways yeah which is absolutely yeah. I have to say it was great fun seeing Woody, Woody Housen in a big role yeah, and a big crazy role like this. Well, Woody uh, Harrelson was was really good in it. I thought yeah. he was he, he was easily the uh, actor of the piece. Yes, definitely. Um, and after 2012, where he was also the actor of the piece, but yeah. was only in it for about five minutes, uh, it was good to finally get to see him kind of unleashed on the world. Yep. Yeah. So good stuff. Um, if you haven't seen it, uh, don't read too much about it. Especially don't read about certain cameos that appear because if you don't know about them, it'll be. Hilarious when it happens, and the whole cameo sequence is really funny all the way through. I, I, I agree with Simon. I'm not going to tell you who who it is because I, I heard um, who it was. Someone gave it away. On, yeah, on same some, here. And it, somewhere and it did reduce and, the impact. Yeah, because once again, you're sort of always waiting for it to happen. And you, well, again, if you know there's going to be a cameo, you're still waiting for it to happen. But I mean, yeah. you, you, you can't get away from the fact you know. Yeah, and half the fun is finding out who it is because it's not generally the sort of person you might expect it to be. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, when I after watching it, I, I sort of was thinking about it, and if I was to sum up the film, I'd say it was like part Shaun of the Dead, part National Lampoon's Vacation, and part Instruction Manual. That does that seem a an adequate summary for you? I think that's pretty good. Yeah, um, I think it's a, a good computer game for people that maybe can't play computer games as well. Yeah. So yeah, yes, highly good. recommended. It's yeah. jolly good fun. Uh, I kind of wish I uh, I went to see it at the cinema, but seeing it on DVD just as good. So if you haven't seen it, and I heartily recommend you do go and. Yes, and I think there are rumours of a potential sequel, which uh, could work. I'm intrigued to see more of the characters and more of the world, and maybe follow some other survivors who could then perhaps meet up with the guys, yep. the people that survived the first one. Not saying yep. who does or doesn't, mm. and. Um, yeah, so there's, there's potential there for a sequel, I think. Yeah, it'd be nice to see more from the director, Ruben Fleischer, who's mostly, I think, done, has done yeah, TV comedy stuff. I was having a, having a 
uh, doing some research uh, using every film reviewer's favourite tool, uh, the internet. And yeah, he's he's done a few TV things, but nothing really much movie wise. Okay, so this is pretty much his sort of debut. Yeah, and, and that's a good debut. So Absolutely. there we go. I think Brilliant. what really showed is that it had a real confidence that it was doing something fresh because it's such a it's a genre that's been gone over so many times. Uh, to bring something new to it that puts a new spin on stuff is yeah quite ballsy. Yeah. Um, before we move on to the trailer park, I thought I'd just uh, give an honourable mention to the other zombie flick we saw at the weekend. Ah, yes. Um, Dodsnor. Dodsnor. A Norwegian zombie romp with uh, zombie Nazis and zombie Nazi gold and all sorts like that. Yeah, if you can't translate Dodsnor, it means dead snow. Oh. Yeah. No, I did not know that. Did you know that? No. Yeah. I, I, I had no idea what it was going to yeah. be. It was something to do with Ken Dodd. No, uh, no, no, not no. that. No, it's when snow dies. Dodd, no. When snow dies. Yeah, it's very sad. It is. But yes, uh, that was a slightly less uh, high budget and maybe less accomplished. Yeah, <laughs> zombie movie. But it was, it was good. But I mean, if you're going to see a zombie, well, see Zombieland. If you're going to see a zombie movie, <laughs> yeah. uh, what Zombieland um, of the recent ones? Is it better than Shaun of the Dead? I don't know. I think I'd like to watch both of them again. So I think they're both very, very different. Um, Zombieland's got a very American sensibility in that you get as many guns as you can and go around the countryside, and you've got this giant country to cross from right to left and this kind yeah. of thing. Uh, whereas you know, Shaun of the Dead is in this little bit of London. They go to the pub. Yeah, so that kind of so shows the difference between America and, and yeah. Britain. Exactly. Excellent. Right. So um, now it's time to take a look in the trailer park. Yes, so this, well, as usual, we take the latest movies from the Apple Trailers website, the latest five, although we slightly cheated in this case to sneak one in at the back, so to speak. Um, and so kicking off with the first one, which is The Runaways. Yeah, this is based on a true story, did you know? Uh, yes, well, that's how the trailer told me. Yes. Um, I'm not aware of the story myself, no, which okay. is possibly because I'm not that familiar with okay. music from well, the period. Well, from just watching the trailer, you, you don't actually get who it is, but it's basically... From the trailer seems to be giving it away that it's two young girls are running away. At first, it looks like they're becoming groupies, but then they end up becoming um, musicians. Band. Yeah, they end up becoming the band. But in the trailer, it doesn't actually show you who they're becoming. And uh, when you look at the site around it, they're actually becoming Joan Jett of Joan Jett and the Blackhearts fame, and Cherry Corey of being friends with Joan Jett. Right. Yeah. So there we go. Um, it, it's starring Kirsten Stewart and Dakota Fanning, but there's very little else from the trailer as to what it's going to be about. So. Yeah, there's lots of uh, running about and crazy music- musicians being crazy antics. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of Almost Famous, but with girls. Yeah. Um, which is no bad thing, because I really like Almost Famous. And I like girls. Exactly. Yeah. So combined, it's our perfect film. But it doesn't seem to be. Well, that's the thing. It could uh, be a great kind of rite of passage, slice of life type. Uh, adventure for these characters yeah. but it could very easily end up being a couple of girls whining for yeah. a couple of hours I, I'd have thought the trailer would have been better served by having actually some of the music in it as part of the soundtrack for it to get you into the mood for it because it's going to be very sort of a very rocky kind yeah. of yeah and for music. someone uh, like me who's not familiar with Joan Jett at all yeah um it didn't really give me an in to who she no. was or what her music was or anything like that. She loves rock and roll. Yes. So I okay. put another dime in the jukebox, baby. Okay. And I do hope that is the right one. <laughs> and I haven't just made a, a bit of a rock and roll balls yeah. up, yeah, as it were. You'll piss off all those Joan Jett fans. Yeah. Okay, um, anyway, so as per usual when we're in the trailer part, we like to rate each of the trailers using the Gertie scale, which, as you should know by now, is the emoticons from uh, Gertie, the robot in 
Moon, yes, the if, film. If you haven't seen Moon, then you should be very ashamed. Yep. And why so, are you still listening to this if I haven't seen Moon? Exactly. So, anyways, what, what Gertie face do you give it? Unfortunately, sad face. Oh, I'm actually going to give it a happy face, oh. uh, but only a little bit. But I think it could be a really fun little film, um, but I don't think the trailer really no. sold it. But the film itself, um, I'm looking forward to seeing more from it. Okay. Well, maybe another trailer will get a better rating. So, next. Yeah. yeah. Hot tub time machine now then you can probably imagine just by hearing the title of the film what it's going to be like and the trailer certainly doesn't disappoint in living up or living down to your expectations (laughs) yeah exactly so it's four blokes uh, played by John Cusack Rob Cordoy something like that Cordoy Cordoy yeah Craig Robinson and Clark Duke um, are in a hot tub having a lot of drink (laughs) Can you together. explain this without uh, with a straight face? I'll be impressed. No, well, it just seems so. They're all in a hot tub together, getting pissed. Now you normally know where that leads um, in these sort of films, which you find on with four men in yeah, a hot tub. They on, yeah, they normally end up getting really drunk. It's like we're watching The Simpsons or something, and then they collapse when they drown, and then like Elvis will turn up and punch one or something like that. But not in this case. No, uh, in this case, uh, they uh, they all pass out after drinking too much and transport back in time from 2010 which is this year if you're listening to it in 2010 or if you listen to it next year then last year yeah, or if you're but, listening to it in the 1980s then you've probably just been in the hot tub yeah and how are you listening to it there's no technology to listen to that's a good point well there might be well I suppose someone could they put it onto a CD or onto a tape oh, 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 okay. <laughs> anyway they go from 2010 back to 1986 where the trailer tells us they have one weekend to save the future and that's pretty much it. Oh, and Chevy Chase is in it. Now, when you've got Chevy Chase guest starring in the film, that's not normally a good sign. Yeah. Uh, I think you have to give them some credit for just having the sheer balls to make a film called Hot Tub Time Machine, in which there's a hot tub that is a time machine. So there's not many people that have the kind of confidence to actually do that, because most no. people at the first meeting stage would go, that's ridiculous, yeah. let's do something else. So, I mean, they're going back in time um, and have got to... I know, get off with chicks which aren't their parents yeah. have and stuff you seen like that. the R-rated trailer no right the R-rated yes. trailer has well, I did you did <laughs> yes. yes it's got a lot more of everything in it mm-hmm. um, but I thought it actually seemed a bit distasteful in yeah. play. it was so ridiculously trying to be kind of sexy and naughty and crazy that it just seemed to be trying a bit yep. too hard anyway um, enough of this hot tub madness uh, Simon uh, Gertie from you uh, sad face and wondering what John Cusack is doing with his career at the moment yeah sad face um, next to a, a sad Chevy Chase face. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, the third film in the trailer part, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. This is a Disney flick. Um, yeah, in this trailer we got an old wizard played by Nick Cage, more of which later. <laughs> more of him later. Um, he finds an apprentice, he teaches him some stuff to protect man, it's a bit magic versus science, good versus evil, and I think we've seen it all before. Yes, uh, partially in Fantasia. Um, there is... The bit with Mickey Mouse and the brooms is in the trailer, except it's not actually Mickey Mouse, it's the kid from um, some random teen movies that I can't remember right now. They all look kind of the same. Yeah. Um, it's a Jerry Bruckheimer production, so essentially you know straight up exactly what you're going to get, um, and the trailer looks like that's exactly what you do get. Um, it's yeah. got some really nice visual ideas in it. A lot of the magic stuff in it, I think, looks great and quite innovative and I've not really seen effects quite like that before so that's kind of cool yeah um, Nicolas Cage could be fun and I've recently changed my opinion of him slightly yeah, but more on that later yeah. uh, otherwise it looks like a watch on TV for me 
Yeah, I say it's one of these where I mean we're, we've almost had our fill of young wizards. Yeah, um, we've got two more Harry Potter films to come out yet, and you know, and the other assortment of stuff that's gone with it. Yeah, I've kind of had my fill of Bruckheimer stuff as well. It's like in the eighties, he had one particular style with Top Gun and all that kind of thing. Yeah, and then in the nineties and in this last decade, he's kind of changed around again. You've had the parts of the Caribbean kind of stuff, like nineties, you had sort of the Will Smith era, I guess. Then you had parts of the Caribbean, and this looks like it's just continuing in that same style. And I don't know, it's just a bit too slick. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard There's to pinpoint. There's no heart but, to it. Yeah, but that's just in the trailer. It may be brilliant. It could be. Anyway, so um, I've given that one an ambivalent face, but I suspect it'll be a slightly smileier face if I was like twelve. Yes, same here. Ambivalent face uh, could be a laugh, but yeah, I, I'm not expecting it to be particularly memorable. Okay, so uh, we're not doing too well so far this week, are we? Really? Right. So moving on to the next one. <sighs> Terry Pilers, why did I get married too? Question mark. That two is T O O, not the letter two. Yeah. Is it a sequel? I don't know. If no it is, I'm, I'm not seeing the first one. No. Who's Terry Pyler? I have no idea. No. Uh, I think she's some American. Oh, is it a woman? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the film stars Janet Jackson, Jill Scott, and Tyler Perry. Pyler Perry? Or oh, is it Tyler Perry? I wrote down. I think it's Tyler Perry. I wrote down Tyler Pyler. Yeah. <laughs> you wrote Terry Pyler. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Wayne's making up new names here just to try and make the trailer more interesting. Right. Anyway, uh, so I've written down here in my notes. I'm watching the trailer. Um, oh God, no! <laughs> uh, and then we get every four couple, every year four couples get together. Oh God, no! Haven't we seen this before? Couple break up. Couple discover each other. Blah blah blah. Sad face. Yes, uh, I would, I'd agree with all of that. Uh, at first I thought it was a comedy, and then it very rapidly turned into a soap opera, um, of which I have no interest at all. The only slight saving grace to it is that it's got the guy from Terminator, Sarah Connor Connors, in it. But, but he's not playing the same character, and there's no Terminators in it, so it's worthless. Yeah. So yeah, sad face, don't get it. If someone can explain what the movie's appeal is, then go for it, because yeah, um, I don't get it. And what Terry's name is as well, that'd be very handy. Is it Terry Pyler, or Pyler Terry, or <laughs> Perry Terry who, who yes. knows uh, we'll try and get clarification on that before we finish the podcast though. excellent right moving on in a more positive vein our last trailer review is Tyler Scott- Perry Tyler Perry yeah Tyler Perry okay right Wayne's slightly spoonerised <laughs> that person's name All Right. okay so yes our last trailer review <coughs> excuse me is Scott Pilgrim versus the world directed by Edgar Wright Yes, of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and Spaced fame. Yep. And this is his first movie, not with Simon Pegg. Mm. Uh, which I think is a good thing. Uh, not that I don't like Simon Pegg. I love Simon Pegg, he's brilliant. It's um, good that they're branching out, though. Exactly. Um, they're, they're both forging the own... spaced influence across the world. Yes, yeah. And, and that seems to be what they're doing. They're, they're kind of taking that enthusiasm that they brought to Spaced and bringing it to their new projects wherever they tread, kind of thing. Yep. Um, so this is Edgar Wright kind of unleashed because... He's not, you know, the, the the Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Edgar Wright style, which is brilliant, um, has been what he's been doing since Space, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and this gives him a chance to go completely different in tone and approach yep. and subject material and everything. Yeah, so to give you a summary of the trailer, uh, it's geeky boy, Scott, falls in love with a pink-haired girl who later becomes a cyan-haired girl. Um, that's a, a, a computer blue cyan. No. Uh, uh, who has seven evil exes? Uh, to to win her hand, he has to defeat all seven of them. Yes. Will he win? 
who knows yeah and by defeat it looks like actually beat up destroy destroy yeah. uh, decimate yeah so brilliant concept yeah oh, the, the trailer looks good um, the trailer itself like regardless of the film the trailer is genius because it kicks off looking like a Juno style teen drama with people going hey I love you so much she was the girl of my dreams and this kind of stuff and then sort of about a third of the way into it uh, everyone starts beating each other up it's fantastic yeah um, and the cast as well um, Michael Sarah as the main guy who's in Arrested Development and he's been in a bunch of movies but this looks like it might be really good um, and kind of you know really move him up a notch uh, and we've also got Chris Evans not the DJ uh, American people won't have any idea what I'm just referencing but um, a disc jockey we know what a disc jockey is yeah that's true they do have yeah. them over there don't they yeah um, yeah, Chris Evans, who has been around for a while, did a load of not-so-great films. Did the Fantastic Four films, which weren't so great, but he was really good in them. And more recently has done Sunshine and stuff like that. And now he's in this, along with Brandon Ruth, who was in Superman, who I thought was great as Superman, and then disappeared because he has the curse of playing Superman. Yep. He's back, and Smiley Face looks great. Yep, I've done Smiley Face, and I was so excited about it, I drew little ears on it, and it made my Smiley Face look like a teddy bear face. Yeah, I did a big face with, the, <laughs> with the, like teeth and everything and grinning. It was brilliant. Cool. So right. Just bear with us a second while we shuffle our paper. And we'll move on to our feature presentation, Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass. This is a film by Matthew Vaughan. Uh, it's written by Matthew Vaughan and Jane Goldman, uh, who bought us Stardust. Yes. Um, they've both been collaborating for a little while now, yeah. and it looks like they're going to be collaborating in the future as well. Matthew Vaughan previously directed Layer Cake, um, and before that, he was working with Guy Ritchie as his producer. Yeah. Um, so he's got kind of long history going back and has gradually kind of forged his own little route and kind of, you know, completely Guy overshadowed <laughs> Guy Ritchie. Yeah. And um, after making, you know, uh, kind of critically welcomed films, uh, and the last one being Stardust, which was, you know, a really nice little flick, um, suddenly, out of nowhere, he's brought us kick-ass. Yes. So we'll just tell our little listeners here a little bit about the film. Uh, it's based on the comic book Kick-Ass by uh, Mark Miller. Uh, it stars uh, Aaron Johnson, who plays Dave Lizuski, stroke Kickass, uh, Nicholas Cage, uh, playing Damon McCready, stroke Big Daddy, not Big Daddy the wrestler, but Big Daddy the um, vigilante, uh, and Chloe Grace Moretz as Mindy McCready, stroke Hit Girl. Okay, so Kickass is a movie all about superhero wannabes. It's an adaptation of the Kick-Ass graphic novels, as I said, uh, and the film follows Dave Lizuski as he attempts to transform himself from being a comic-loving geek to masked vigilante. Along the way, he encounters guts, gore, and girls. During this transition, he becomes allies with Big Daddy and his 12-year-old daughter, Hit Girl, with her potty mouth and awesome ninja killing skills. Yes, like all good 12-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the evil guy of the piece is Frank D'Amico, uh, played by Mark Strong. He is a local crime boss who is blighted by the rise of these uh, uh, vigilantes. The film then follows the, uh, the struggle between the criminals and the crime fighters, and that's pretty much it. There's a little bit of sort of love interest and stuff all the way through, but pretty much this is a film about people wearing masks, beating up... Kicking ass. Kicking ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like when we're saying it's about superheroes, um, but it's also about the superhero genre. Um, in a similar way to Watchmen, which came out last year and obviously was a comic in the early 80s. Graphic um, novel. Graphic novel. Uh, and the graphic novel um, kind of deconstructed the superhero genre as it had existed for 60 years or however long and then pieced it back together again in a new way and kind of pointed out all the stereotypes and all the assumptions and just kind of blew them away. Um, and the Watchmen movie tried to do something similar 
uh, last year, but they didn't quite pull it off, I didn't think. No. Um, the comic does it brilliantly, the movie didn't quite pull it off. Yeah, there's just something, from, from Watchmen, there's something missing. Yeah. Uh, a, um, I think I said at the time, it's 95% of a really, really good film. Exactly. Um, but Kick-Ass, I think, has that extra 5%. Yes, and I think uh, that's because I have not read the comic, but the Kick-Ass, the movie, is very much talking about superhero movies rather than superhero comics. Obviously, yeah. comics are a big factor in it as well. But, you know, this is a movie that is well aware of the Spider-Man films and the yeah. X-Men films and all that kind of stuff, um, and analyses them and tweaks them in And it's the a bit more homage to them as well, as opposed to totally deconstructing the uh, superhero um, mythos. That's the word I was looking for in the last podcast, by the way. Right. Um, it, it is very much... Um, Doffing its cap to them, and yes. so much appreciative of what's going on. Yeah. Whereas um, Alan Moore was kind of ripping it apart to see what you could find inside, uh, kind of warts and all kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Kickass is very much a loving, you know, we love comics, we love superheroes. Let's look at them from the another angle. Yeah. Um, I think Kickass works on three very distinct levels. First of all, the writing is pretty good. The dialogue is really nice. The characterization is really good. Um, the violence in it is absolutely awesome but it's done in such a tongue-in-cheek way it's really some of the most graphic violence I've seen on the screen for a while yet in the UK the film was given a 15 certificate was it indeed uh, yeah, and um, combining that with the rather strong language where I mean pretty much all the swear words you can think of are uttered yeah um, mostly it, by a 12 year old yeah mostly by a 12 year old uh, that sort of works really well and yeah the plot and the story all work really well it's just Everything about it and the acting is really good as well. I mean, all the a- actors in it, including, believe it or not, now yes. I'd never thought I'd say this. This is remarkable. This is remarkable. Nicolas Cage is pretty damn good. Yeah. And actually, I came away from the film thinking, I'm glad Nicolas Cage was in that because he helped to make it, <laughs> as opposed to most Nicolas Cage films where you think, oh my God, I've got to put up with this whiny, droney, slow-moving... Yeah, Nicolas Cage, uh, all is forgiven, as far as I'm concerned. He was just astonishing in this. Um, If it wasn't for the fact that by doing a loud round of applause, we do a lot of popping on the mics and would distort the sound, I'd be giving him a round of applause. Exactly. Uh, I think, whereas some of the other kind of superhero-y films he's been put in, like Ghost Rider, it doesn't quite fit because he's trying to portray this really super cool guy that doesn't quite work for Nicolas Cage, because Nicolas Cage is best when he's playing a quirky, weird role that's slightly unhinged. Um, rather than someone that's meant to be the hero and the, you know this kind of like traditional sense um, and Big Daddy obviously in this is completely psychotic yeah <laughs> um, and the, what he does with it is, is just astonishing um, I don't really want to say too much to be honest because the joy of watching him play yeah. with this role I mean, he's yeah. clearly having a lot of fun yeah. and <laughs> oh, that definitely came across some all the actors performances that they're all having a lot of fun and yeah. um, I think sometimes when you get a well directed film where all the actors are having a lot of fun uh, it really does add to, to the film as a whole. Definitely. Sometimes, though, you get films where the actors just are enjoying themselves, and it doesn't really add that extra wow to the film. Like at Ocean's 13, for example, all yeah, that they, I'm sure they had a great Brad Pitt stuff. <laughs> uh, talking to Brad Pitt, he was one of the producers of the film. Was he? Yeah, he was indeed. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah, I'm um, curious. Yeah, there we go. So there is a connection. I was yes. bringing it back to the film, you see. While we're still on the actors, uh, I've got to mention Chloe Moretz yeah. as well, who was stunning, and it seems to be. I don't know, it, her performance kind of reminded me of like Robert De Niro in Taxi Driver and stuff like that. It was like so unrestrained and uh, committed to what she was doing. Yeah. I don't, I don't, it's a bit like when I saw Hedy Joel Osment in uh, AI, yeah. which isn't a film that many people like, but he is pretty astonishing. Yeah. And you watch that and you think, how can a kid understand this material? Because I don't think I'd have grasped it at the time. And the same with 
Chloe Moretz in this film, you can't figure out how she'd got her head around it all. But yeah. clearly she's and, a clever And the girl. cinematography as well, uh, and the way the effects and all the fight sequences are put together, is absolutely remarkable, because you're, you're watching um, a, a, a essentially an 11, 12-year-old kid doing loads of kung fu stuff and... And you believe it. and knives and you, you believe it and also this is something I think we bang on about quite a lot is this is an action film where you can actually watch all the action and take it all in not yeah. like well what's interesting though yeah not like Michael Bay yeah. you're about to say yeah, I was, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is that every action sequence pretty much had a completely different style yeah um, so some of it was you know very like sort of calm and um, wide shots and this kind of stuff uh, there's a whole sequence with strobe lighting and you can hardly see anything yep. but you still know exactly what's happening and uh, it kind of traverses all sorts of styles yeah. um, all the way through the film um, and that's something it does in tone as well uh, it can be it was hilariously funny yeah. at points and then other times it was really terrifying and quite yeah. upsetting and yeah, there, was, um, there, was a, there was a bit in the film which I won't go into too much where you do sort of actually feel a little bit disturbed as to what's going on yeah. but yeah, it's a brilliant film though yeah, uh, when it gets nasty it got really nasty yeah. but it manages to switch between those different yeah. modes uh, really effortlessly yeah. and it all comes together and gels definitely yeah. oh, um, I want to just say to, about the rest of the cast they all did really good performances as well I just we picked on the, the three big names yes. but uh, everyone who was in it playing a, a major part on screen um, did, a, did a cracking job uh, it was a really good all the way through um, one thing I did notice about the film uh, it's not all going to be gushing praise right um, there was a, a, a bit of the film which I found quite disappointing um, part of the film has like this absolutely superb uh, martial arts dojo in it um, <laughs> but unfortunately uh, somebody made a mistake somewhere and uh, and there was a load of shinai which are all their points down which is a no no you should never store them that way could you uh, just explain for the audience what, what uh, a shinai yeah, is? Yeah, a shinai is the uh, bamboo sword that's used in uh, the Japanese martial art kendo and of which Wayne is a bit of a yeah which I do and it's not to take away from the film but I did notice it it was noticeable for me but yeah. you see you can always guarantee that the prop master put them in a certain way up yeah. and he's like here we go this is perfect and then you know, the cinematographer or maybe Matthew Vaughan walked in and went you know they look a lot cooler the other way up and the prop guy's sitting there going no, what are you doing what are you me? doing anyway that's just a a, a, a snidey yes. remark but in otherwise a really really good yeah, film hopefully it didn't spoil your enjoyment too no much. not too much no one thing um, with the film which you can always tell when the film's really good is I felt for the first time in ages that actually I was part of the whole audience enjoying a film yeah um, normally you might get just two or three people sort of seem to be into it yeah, but like the drag me to hell experience yeah. we had where we yeah. were the only people laughing <laughs> yeah yeah. but this one the audience were all laughing at the same time they all got the jokes at the same time and it was the first time in a long, long time, probably since the Lord of the Rings songs came out, yeah. where... It felt the, like a proper community experience, yeah. and that you knew that this was a film you're going to be watching for many years to come, and people yeah. going to be talking about, and loving, and... Not, yeah. It's not just another movie you're going to see, this is something special yeah. that you're watching. Yeah, and it's something I'm probably going to see it again. And also, it was nice to see the fact that it's a really good, like, kick-ass movie, which is in 2D still. Yes. And, yeah, I, I, I can't see there'd be any point in even trying to do this in 3D because it's just such a it's such a good film standing alone yeah. it's brilliant so um, yeah go see it that's what yeah, I say it's remarkable it's uh, out in the UK this week so we're being quite topical <laughs> yeah it. and uh, that in the States next month sometime uh, which is kind of unusual Not well, sure. which by the time this goes online it might be next month so it's uh, about yeah, April the 16th true. I think isn't it right yes uh, so yeah do see it as soon as possible because it's a remarkable bit of filmmaking um, yeah you don't have to know everything about superheroes to get mm-hmm. all the jokes because it works. It works on every level, basically. Yeah. Um, however you want to approach and it. And once again, brilliant performance by 
Nick Cage. Can't believe I'd um, I'd ever really enjoyed watching Nick Cage in a movie. Yeah, in fact, watching the Sorcerer's Apprentice trailer, having seen Kick-Ass, I, I kind of took it in yep. a completely different way. <laughs> anyway, so I think we better wrap up there now. Um, so, once again, if you've got any comments on anything we've said uh, and you wish to share them with us, there's a number of ways you can get in contact. The first of which is by email. And our email address is simonandwayne at spiffingreview.com. If you're part of a Twitterati, you can find us at Spiffing Review. Or, of course, you can always visit our website, which is spiffingreview.com. Yes, thank you very much for listening. And uh, as soon as you can, go and see Kick-Ass. And let us know what you think. So until next time, it's goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.